Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Online Darts. It's Monday, which can only mean one thing. It is the live lounge with me, Phil Bars. And of course, I'm joined by Jonathan and Jack Gobby Garwood. Gentlemen, good evening. And it is a very, very good evening. A positive day. We've got one. A positive day in the UK within the last 18 months or whatever it is. We're back on a Monday. Last week we were here on a Thursday. We're back on a Monday and all good things come to those that wait. And my God, have we waited enough for today. Honestly, do you know, honestly, it's it's one of those that we've all been waiting for we've all been waiting for this moment and it's finally arrived everybody a very very warm welcome on a day that looked a looked a mile off i'll be honest with you for a lot of people in the world but we are very very glad to be here on the day that if you don't know what's going on by the way if you don't aren't in the uk and haven't heard the news today it is an amazing day here in the uk because yeah, but people make people do. We we know that people watch us from all over the world, and we do we really do appreciate you deciding that the, what you want to do on a two hours on a Monday for us here in the UK is watch us chat nonsense about darts. But what's happened today is that the Prime Minister Boris Johnson has announced a roadmap towards a potential way out of lockdown here in the United Kingdom, which concludes with all social restrictions being gone by the twenty first of June. And that means, Phil Bars, something very important could be happening at the world match play. There is light at the end of the tunnel. 
all you beautiful people could be back in arenas. Look, we don't know capacities, ticking arrangements or anything yet, but for the first time, as Jar said, in a long, long time, arenas are going to have fans in for more than four hours like it was at Ali Pali. <laughs> that was a bit of a shambles, but you feel yeah. for those involved in that situation. Like it's it's just been constantly out of the hands of those involved. That that was a bit disappointing to have them there and have it within our grasp. But we moved on. We we've got away with it, and we're back. We're back, boys. Twenty twenty one. Here we come. Yeah, we, we'll we'll come on to to, to the fans in a, in a bit more detail in a second. Because we always start the show and we don't want to neglect everyone in the chat room. We're going to share some links on social media and we're going to say hello to all you amazing people in our chat room. Because already it is absolutely ram. Stephen, Winita, Stephen again, Pile of Sand, Kieran, Tommy, Simon, Owen, Rachel, Andrew, how are we all doing? Jonathan, Daniel's in, Martin, Rachel's loving the chat room. Some guy called Jack Garwood dropped in chat room, don't know who he is. Um, Jake, <laughs> James, um, Dave, Lee is in, Andrew, so many names, um, Jamie, Alan, oh, they just keep coming up, welcome along everyone, Sean, Sean has joined us as yep. always. Sean McDonald, obviously you played at yep. two school as well, welcome very much Sean, hope you're all good mate, good to see you. Yeah, and you know what I'm going to say, make sure you smash that subscribe button, so you don't miss any of our future content. Drop us a like as well if you like what we're doing, because then YouTube thinks we're good and we show higher in searches, which is always a plus point as well. Um, but like <laughs> I said, more people special stuff. Within the chat section next time. Yeah. Um, like we said, um, guest time. Well, Webby's going to join us around half eight, and Nico is on at nine o'clock. So all you people waiting for a sum up roundup of what had transpired on Friday night into Saturday morning, that will be with Paul Nicholson because he tweeted on Friday, I don't think I have the words yet, but I'm sure I'll find them. He's ha- he informed me he's found the words. <laughs> so this could be interesting. For people who were here last week and saw my Rain Van Barnabald ran, my, the chances are... That, that times that by 10, you might get to the where Nico will be when it comes to Des Jacklin and what happened in the BDO last week. Because, I, look, I'll, I'm just going to let put Nico go. But, yeah, stick around. 9 p.m. GMT, so in about 55 minutes' time, uh, Paul will join us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dave, thank you very much for your super like in the chat, mate. Muchly appreciated, as always. But, gentlemen... We, we were just chatting. Oh, first of all, um, Carl is in his darts tracker. Evening, mate. Hope you are well. Um, we were t- talking about, was it a mistake to have a live range Thursday to Monday? Would we have a lot to talk about? Well, we have now, that's for sure. We, we were debating whether there was enough darts to have another show so close. But I think, think we'll just about manage this one. Yeah, I got asked on Twitter earlier, when are we going to have the debate about the best player of all time? Because we've teed it up and we've teased it so often. 
And every time we're planning the show for the next week, something else gets dropped on us. So literally like, we're like, oh, we'll, we'll get a dead week here. Or we look at the calendar and we think, oh, we've got a week or two here and it will die down. And then some more news hits and then some more news hits. And then we get carried away with people in the chat room who all want to know answers to different questions of things. And next thing you know, Jara and Phil are still sat there believing that MVG is the best player in the world and everyone else is none the wiser. <laughs> <laughs> You've been seeing that up all day. You've been waiting for that. You have been waiting for that. Me? Gob, gob, me? Gob yeah, Finnell, he's got a paper, reads it off, practicing his ab lips. He's like, yep, get it in, get it in. Boom, he's in. <laughs> <laughs> dearie, dearie me. Uh, you know what? Um, it, it always hurts to always be right, PB, around the best player in the world, but we will wait for that. We will wait for that for one day. I was taught from a young age, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Very good point. Don't let facts get in the way of an argument. Yeah, exactly that. Um, but we're going to start, obviously. We're, we're going to talk about it. It was a massive blow to the whole Darton community when the UK Open and nine of the scheduled 17, or sorry, 16 Premier League nights went behind closed doors. And you can see it on Twitter every time we were releasing news around it. It was heartbreaking. Fans were like, oh, no, here we go again. But today, ladies and gentlemen, it, it is a fact that we will see you beautiful people at the Winter Gardens in 2021. And I'm just saying out there, it would have been one of the biggest crimes, not in sport, but in the world, to go two years without going to that Empress Ballroom. Don't care what anyone says. It's magical, isn't it? We sit here and between us, but we've got a few loves in darts. One of them is my head for the weekend, just because the events as a spectacle are fantastic and unbelievable. And Jar's nodding his head, and they're just great. But forget Ali Pali, forget the Grand Prix in, in Dublin or any of that. The mecca of the PDC darts for me is the Empress Ballroom at the Winter Gardens. It is fantastic. It's a proper dying venue. Um, you, you get people stood at the back. I just think the layout's brilliant. The side rooms of the things you could do in there. And it's got a pop world. What more could you possibly want? Yeah. Be more. It's... <laughs> that took a turn there. Right, I wasn't right. expecting that. <laughs> he just sat yeah, up and was like, oh, pop world. <laughs> yeah, pop world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's, it, it, it shows that, look, primarily with fans, yes, we do this now as well, and we're lucky to do this and be in this position, but we started off as fans. And, I, and I've always said, forget the world, forget anything. Ali Pally's, um, the Winter Gardens, the match play, is the only one that I genuinely go to every year as a paying fan because it is that good. It, right, so, so, this is, so this is for people who have never been to the Winter Gardens. I know a lot of people in the chat room have. By the way, what a shout-out to Luke Woodhouse, by the way. Woody's practising on the board. Gave a shout-out on Twitter. So thanks very much indeed, mate. Really do appreciate that. Um, so... You're going to tell me he's not going to the Series Matt. again this week, Jeff. What's that, sorry? You're going to tell him he's not going to win a Super Series event this week? Because yep. that was definitely you, by the way. That wasn't me and Phil agreeing and picking four completely different winners either. That was all you. Uh, it's a semi-final. He'll make a semi-final. Right, moving on. Need to talk about Blackpool because I, 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 could, I could talk about this for a while. Look, to anybody who is in the chat room who have never been to the Winter Gardens and never done a night at Blackpool, I, I cannot 
stress enough how much you need to do it. You, you hear the magical stories about the Ali Pali and about Minehead. We, we, we wax lyrical about it, but something about that place that evokes memories. It's still, if memory serves me correctly, PB, it's the, still the only original venue in the PDC. Correct. So um, it's such an incredible, it's an incredible, incredible thing. And by the way, I've been called Jackpot's little boy in the left frame. My, my hair is terrible. I appreciate <laughs> that, but no. I was called Michael Smith like. last week. You get all the good looking like. I say, I was called Michael Smith last week. You, you, I really am moving about, but no. Blackpool is it, it, a very, very special place. And it's the only tournament played in the, in the middle of summer. It is, a sweat, it is a sweat box, but it is incredible because you get so many great matches. There are about five of the top ten of all time that I've ever watched in darts probably have happened on that stage, Phil. Yeah, look, it's just one of them. And look, we don't get commission here. But if you want to go now, now that we know that fans are going to go there, pdc.tv, there are still tickets available. Yes, a lot of rolled over from last year, but there are still some, and they won't last long. Yeah. Now that we know fans are back, they won't last long. So literally, you've probably got a day maximum to get some for this year if you want to go. Um, and, and it just is genuinely brilliant. It sets up the rest of the year now as well, because now we know there's fans at Blackpool, we can now look forward to, look, I'm not saying the Grand Prix is going to be in Dublin, because I'm not sure about that. They might move it over here. But we can look forward to the Slam, the Grand Prix, the Players' Championships, the, the Worlds. The, these are now all on the horizon again to book the diary. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Players' Championship finals even went back on sale uh, for weekend breaks at Butlins, and everyone was going, Really? What's going on? What are they doing that for? Appreciate it's November, but they're all going, nah, it's not going to happen. Now it is going to happen. We're going to be down in Minehead in November in the freezing cold. And I can't wait Please. for it. This is Please. So, exactly. Same My friends are booking a caravan for the first time. Like they're, they're going. They get this sorting the deposit between them. They are going because of what we and what I've told them about how good black, uh, Minehead events are. Yeah, it, it is incredible. Again, it, it is incredible. It is incredible. Someone asked in the chat earlier, I can't see what it was, but they put haircut question mark. Uh, no, very much not. Very much this is a mop, but I am booked in <laughs> at half past eight on the 12th. Someone's put in there saying, that's going to be all saying, right. shave the beard and you might get ID'd for a pint. Yes, I do get ID'd for a pint. That hence the reason why the beard has to stay. I will still, I look about 12. My my, my, my girlfriend has told me on many occasions, never shave the beard. Um, so there's that. Load of people as well, by oh, the way, yeah. shouting about Blackpool. And quite rightly so. Well, you know, it is what it is. Load of people, quite rightly so. Uh, first time at you was at the Winter Gardens Jar. Rach says that. Yes, I remember that night very, very well. It was the first night of the 2019 match play. Teresa says, I saw my first. Yeah. What was that? Sorry. <laughs> Commiserations, Rach. Sorry. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah fair, fair point. <laughs> Teresa, Teresa says that I saw my first nine data at Blackpool. The best night ever. Was that was that the Ando nine data against Cullen? That arguably is up there, in in my opinion, is a top five darts match of all time. I'll, I'll be brutally honest. That is up there, that Ando's Cullen game. Um, Winita says that would be me, guy, on the other side of the world. Yep, indeed, Winita, we love you a lot in the chat room. Lee, of course, from uh, us says season ticket purchased. He's excited. Daniel saying uh, two years ago I went to the first time. Stephen Bunting went Ian White and the crowd went mad when the bullet won. Yes, they did. The best venue, my favourite tournament, the best place for fans to get back in is Curtis. 
What's that? Sorry. Was that the night I was there? Bunting and White. No, that was. No, was that, that not was, our old uh, background? Bunting. Was that not our old background? No, that was Stephen Bunting against Gerwin Price when uh, when uh, Bunting beat Gezi that that night. Of course. Uh, also, as well, the best thing about it is the fact that Daz has said, I'm now doing with Donny Osmond hairdo. I'm not going to start the impressions again. We've already we've already got that one done. But look, we, <laughs> we can't wait for it. And when and when we get up there to Blackpool, it's just going to be so much fun because there's so much to do alongside it. I'm all, I'll be honest with you, I'm looking forward to Sandcastle Water Park. That's my favourite trip of the year. Always. Always. Yeah. Um, there was a comment as well. I can't think who, where it was now, but they said Blackpool should be 250k to the winner. To balance the rankings, yeah, hundred percent. Look, we've I'll said for a long time the world, the world's lopsides the whole world rankings. That, that's another story altogether. But yeah, spread spread the love across the other tournaments, and you would have a fairer ranking system. I don't think that's one that we, we none of us are going to argue about. But in the comments as well, just share your favourite Blackpool memories because I, I appreciate Wait. the UK Open is the first how tournament. Long are you? Cam McFarlane, I saw my first at Blackpool when Wes Newton hit one. Cam, you're ancient, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, t- uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, guys, as well. Go on, John. Go on, go on PB. No, go on, PB. Yours. I'm about to say, a lot of us have been watching the old dart stuff on TV, the darts gold and whatever, and I know he, he does listen, dip into the show every now and then. Massive shout-out to Rod Studd because – you're appreciating more now when he's not been there listening to some of his old pieces of commentary. What an absolute wordsmith and genius that the man is. And I, I had a little chat with him on a message the other day. He said he's getting better and better day by day. So we might see the legend that is Rod Studd back in the commentary box sometime soon. I mean, I, I watched, but I'll, I'll give you the example on that one. Does it against MBG? Back at the 2019 match play. Watch that one back. I'm um, arguably the best night of darts that I've ever seen live. Probably that one, three extra leggers and Mervyn King looking like a sponge after he knocked out Gary Anderson on the hottest day of the year. Um, and that game, the way that he and Mardle, uh, Wayne Mardle called that game was incredible. Um, a lot of people saying that, you know, a lot of people saying that maybe we get carried away, they'll probably find the new variant. Look, we, we are getting a little bit carried away because there's hope. For once, there's hope. We know that there's a date where that the lockdown is supposed to end. Like, do I think it's going to happen on the 21st of June? I think there might be a slippage in a couple of weeks. But the fact that there will be no social restrictions, supposedly, by the time we get to Blackpool, is a big thing. Because I remember talking to you last night, PB, just generally out of this. We didn't even think it was good. Obviously, we're talking about what might happen. And I thought our best option might be the way that the tables were at the, at the World Championships. Nobody standing behind the back, everybody having to wear masks and just having tables like like in fours now with no social distancing no contacts in it we should be back to a normal match play which would be incredible yeah um yeah look we are getting giddy but we haven't been that this giddy for a while so you'll have to excuse us in that there was one in the chat room where was it um nico um hi guys can we have a more oasis puns with m gallagher someone loved our oasis job well, you know, someday yeah. we may be a rock and roll star. <laughs> we're going with this again, aren't we? For crying out loud. Um, uh, there was also <laughs> a question, where was it, about Painter and Jenkins? 
Oh, the same one. Um, how goes? You just a bad dance pad. Terry James or Kevin um, who was the better player, Terry Jenkins or Kevin Painter? Uh, tough one. You, you you look at the stats. Terry Jenkins got to more finals, but Kevin Painter won one. Jenkins so, was more consistent. Jenkins was more consistent for me. Jenkins, yeah, Jenkins was more consistent for me, but Painter got over the line in a TV major. So yeah, it, it depends how you define better, I suppose. Yeah, probably guess the Bulls got more, but at the same time, he didn't. He didn't need any either. He's very comfortable as an antiques dealer and always has been. Yeah, um, people are saying Jenkins not even close. Yeah, but you say that Kevin Payne has got silverware to to back it up, and Terry hasn't. You, you everyone. I'm gonna go to football here. Everyone says Harry Kane has to leave Spurs. To put some silverware in the in the cabinet for his what a player he is, you'd argue the same here that Jenkins has and um, Jenkins hasn't and Painter has. Tough one, it depends on what, depending on how you're judging it, as Gob said. Um, Lee doesn't want any more Oasis puns. Oh, don't, don't worry, Lee. They'll they'll be out at some point. Um, Stop crying your heart out, Lee. Get on with it. Like the stars, man. <laughs> Try not to worry. You'll see them someday. <laughs> Oh dear, oh. we're gonna get on with this. But look, but you know what, Phoebe? There's so many players in. So, so many memories. Excuse me, in the chat room at the moment of Blackpool, yeah. and I think that sort of hope there is something that we all need at this moment um, in time. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's 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 at times when we're all stuck at home. You think of good places, whether it's a sporting memory a holiday and whatever this is what it's all about at the moment it's ho- holding on to hope holding on to memories that's this is why we do things like this are are, are we the best at it and do we tell or are we the best reporters no but we're fans right. that love what we do and you guys are, are bought into that when you keep coming back so it's like if you guys weren't here we wouldn't do this so we're here for you guys as much as much as anyone and like like we've always said in times like this DMs are always open for anyone because it's not it's not been nice for, for the last year for people. It, it really hasn't. I'd also say this, though, because we are thinking about doing little bits and bobs when we are in Blackpool, um, in, in involving the fans more than anything else. Not necessarily just fans of us, because uh, we appreciate there are about two of them, but fans of darts. And if you are going up to Blackpool and thinking about uh, and want us to do some bits in Blackpool um, with you and be and you basically be a part of the show in Blackpool because this isn't this is wouldn't be our us three doing the show it would be your show and basically you know you guys getting involved and all that sort of stuff so if you do want us to do something like that drop us something in the comments and we might we might consider it it'd be great to get to meet some of you after nearly a year of doing yeah. this so all three of us it'd be incredible yeah hundred percent we we will definitely try and and get something with you guys and and everything like that. But apart from obviously the the news today, the the weekend darts obviously we can't do it. We obviously we'll, we'll speak more in depth about it with Webster. Um, but the Premier League nine nights behind closed doors, disappointing for the fans and um, that and disappointing for the players as well. Because again, I, I feel for probably one player more than anyone, and that's Nathan Aspinall. He's the one that has struggled more than any player, I think, in that top 
echelon of darts playing behind closed doors. And what effect is this going to have on him? Potentially massive. I mean, like you said, we saw him struggle last year. He came close to the playoffs, though. He, he got involved in a lot of scraps last year, um, especially in that, that stage where it did go behind closed doors again. He seems to have dropped off afterwards. The fact he's made an equipment change based off arenas without fans is the big worry for me, though. That extra grip, because he's saying it's cold or without those that people there, like that's obviously playing on his mind. And if he does make it past judgment night and the fans are allowed back in, does he suddenly swap back to the old dart because it's got too much grip in? And in that situation, it's it's going to be things that are going to play with his mind like that for the remainder of the year, unless he comes out of the blocks absolutely flying. Um, like I said, he is one that feeds off the crowd, but I think a few of them do. MVG's not had his best year ever. The equipment changes without a crowd as well. I don't think that would have helped to be there behind him. Gary Anderson not all right, made a couple of finals, didn't quite get every line in any of them. I think the crowd would have been on his side in at least one of them, if not two. Um, Gerwin Price is another who, all right, world champion, did bits last year, very, very successful year, went on to be world number one. But he admits he misses the crowd as well. Is that a worry for everyone else? The minute the crowd is back, that he's only going to get even better. Like, there's so many variables with that crowd returning and who are they going to support? Who are they going to get behind? Have we seen a massive shift towards support for Gezi now? We saw a lot of that on social media after he won the World Championships and a lot of people turn in a lot of support and, and cheer for him. Is that going to change? Because at times in the past... Gezi's turned around and said he enjoys the pantomime booze and the villainy and, and that. It gets him up for it. If everybody's suddenly his friend in the crowd, is he going to enjoy that when they're back as well? It, it, there's just so many different things just with a live audience that it's the beauty of live sport, I guess. You put an, an audience in that crowd and there's so many more things that can go wrong or can affect something or can play on someone's mind. I'll tell you what yeah, no, I, I want to jump in yeah, I just want to say, I'm more intrigued, I think, actually, to see what happens with the likes of, say, the people, you know, like like a Dimmy or a Jose or, or Johnny, for the want of a better phrase, like, you know, the, the Vandenberg, Clayton and the D'Souza. I want to see if they, because everyone's talking about it on socials, oh, they only won because there was no crowd, didn't have to worry about it, blah, 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 blah. blah. I want to see what they can do in front of that crowd. Now, I appreciate that I think two will, you know, both two potentially two of them, could be relegated by the time that the Premier League goes back in front of crowds. It's a genuine possibility. Um, but I'd like to see what they can do in front of a crowd. I'd like to see them in the world match play now. I'd like to see I'd like to see them and see what happens when they get back up on stage with the pressure of the fact, especially Dimmy as defending champion. He's gonna be there on the opening night. He'll, he'll be there first night. Oh I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, just some in the chat room. David's joining us. Evening. Uh, Luke said, if fans were there, Dimitri and Jose D'Souza wouldn't have won um, the majors. Look, it's a big talking point, and a lot of people do talk about it. Um, do I think they win it with fans? One maybe, one no. And the, the one problem I've made is that history, think... history in major events suggests that things happen differently without a crowd. You look at the UK Open that was affected by the weather and there was no fans there. If anybody had predicted that last four lineup, they're lying to you. 
<laughs> yeah. To be fair, is that what we're going to see again? To, is that what we're going to see at uh, uh, the weekend in a couple of weekends' time? I don't know. I'm, I'm really intrigued for a few weeks' time. I know we're going to do a preview of it, but that whole arena setup change and and that sort of thing with no crowd and that would be very interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see how that plays out because I've heard you two talk a lot about the Reebok in its past days, now the University of Bolton Stadium. I'm going to get it in there before you mess around with it. Formerly the Macron at one point as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Other sports stadium branding names are available. Um, But I've never actually seen the UK Open in that format. I've only ever known it to be at Minehead. I I picked up PDC darts a lot later than you two. Um, So this will be something intriguing for me and, and see what happens. Shame. Honestly, I'll say yeah. this: they, they, that that do you remember that 06, the 06 UK Open Phil was one of the best ever, I think, because everybody was waiting to see when Barney and Taylor would meet on that stage, on the main TV stage for the quarterfinal, when it yeah, finally yeah, happened. Well, that one. To happen. Um, and the other one that sticks out is when Robert Thornton, 2012, was it? Nineteen, yes. Yes, that 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 was the that toughest was run to ever win a UK Open. Yeah, but it, it was just the the atmosphere because when he beat Taylor, the place just erupted. And it was just absolutely um, mint. Just going back to what someone said in the thing, look, you can argue all day whether these players would have won them or not. One thing I will say is the players wouldn't have got away with tactics that they employed if there was fans there because. Then fans would have been all over them. Fair one, Gob. I believe so. I, I definitely think there would have been a reaction to the way that we perceived some people went about their business over the last six months. Is, is the political yes. way of answering that question? <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. Someone says, "Phil, it looks like you've got a goatee." No, it's just a lazy stubble where I'm going to stay for a few days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what the, the, the thing for me the thing for me about the UK Open is that I, I've always said for me it's the toughest leg play major to win I, I, I still believe the world's the toughest one because you have to go through set play and that is an absolute menace but I do genuinely believe that the UK Open is the toughest leg play event to win I appreciate the match play and it's the best 32 players you know into going into July and all that but I really, really believe it. I think because the open nature of the draw means you could have to go through the top eight or the top ten. It arguably, as you've always said, Gob, it could be the easiest one. But I do genuinely believe that it is the toughest leg play draw to, 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 to win because you don't know who the bloody hell you're playing. Are the ranked majors, maybe, before anybody comes in with the Premier League? Yeah. The, the, that's what makes it enjoyable, though, because when... They, when the first session is done, they go up on the stage and there's Mason, Warner, Della or whoever. And you just don't know. You go back to last year. Round, first round, the seeds come in. Nathan Aspinall against Michael Van Gerwen. When the night before in the Exeter yeah. Premier League, Michael lost. Nathan played well. And you're like, wow, the defending champ against the then world number one in the third round. Just remarkable. It's the only tournament that can happen. And that we've said for a while that and then the, the draw yeah, do get boring well. because we're seeing well. over and over. 
yeah, don't forget as well that Peter Wright played Glenn Durham as well in that fourth round. And that one, I think at the time, yeah. Glenn had just gone back to the top of the Premier League with Peter averaging, I think he'd averaged 107 at that point in the UK Open the night before. Incredible when you think yeah. about it, really. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And then that, that's the beauty and the joy of the UK Open. And this is, this is what we said before about the way the draws are done and the seedings and everything like that, that they need to find a way of just mixing up a little bit. Look, I appreciate the seeds are set where they are in there, but the non-seeded players, eight doesn't always have to play one and or 16. It just needs some way of varying it a little bit. Otherwise, we see these same games over and over again. The tennis method. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, the, 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 the tennis method. Yeah, but look, I like it because it doesn't throw up the, yeah. the, the same ties. It yeah. is the thing. Seeded into the next round and that sort of thing, like it's not a direct yeah. inverse seed draw. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. That um, I, I'd like to see them them adopt something similar, whether they will or not. Probably not, mm-hmm. because they'll say if it ain't broke, don't try and fix it. Okay, but just from our, our us fans' point of view, but while we wait for Webster as well, more importantly, the Super Series. Not far away, gentlemen. Um, I haven't seen a confirmed list of names yet. Should imagine maybe tomorrow would see it confirmed, or it might even be out this evening. I hadn't seen it prior. Going to be interesting to see who plays and, and, and who doesn't. Like, first up, Marianovic wins his tour car back and then doesn't play the first four. Yeah, he's, he's the only confirmed withdrawal that I'm aware of, and he, he put on his social media that. It was a surprise to him to win his card back. He's, he's got finances in his job to sort out before he can make the trips over, um, which is, unfortunately, the harsh reality of becoming a tour card holder. I spoke about this before, about an article I saw about one of the snooker players that um, was one win away from his tour card, and the reality sunk in that actually, as of four days later, he had to find nearly 1,500 quid for his entries into the next event, hotel and travel, and just didn't have it. And we speak about, or it was billed as the dream factory and the golden ticket. And, and yes, it is. It can completely change your life. But you need somebody there backing you. you. You need a solid financial base or a very, very flexible employer. And you need support to start it. In two years' time, you'll be set. You'll, you'll have either won enough money, confirmed it. You'll have picked up a manager, a few shirt sponsors and that sort of thing. But somebody that accidentally picks up their tour card after a good day, not expecting it and is three grand short for the year before they've even picked up a dart is not a good place to be in. No, exactly. And we, we touched about this when we were on the, the stream, God, about building it as, as the dream factory. It, it, it really isn't for, for that reason. Yes, yeah, you can earn an awful lot of money once you're in that top 64, top 32, and etc. But for two years two, three years, it, it's hard graft because of, of, of the way yeah, the, the draw is. It's a massive slog unless you reach that 64 in your first year. Uh, yeah, quick also, one. Ben said, Ben in the chat room talking about names that are withdrawn. Um, are you sure about Vandenberg, Ben? Because I spoke to Mac only yesterday and he was still in. So unless that's changed from yesterday, he was hoping to come over and try. So, unless that's changed from yesterday well, when I spoke to Mac, 
Yes. He's also forgotten Wesley Harms. I imagine he won't be coming back anytime soon either. Um, yeah, down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, keep me up down, keep me up down, keep me up down. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And, and, and speaking on Vandenberg, and, and we'll touch on him more when we do the UK from preview, Gob. Realistically, is he going to be fit? No, I just there's so much in it. I'm not an expert on his knees or whatever, but I know the, the strength it takes to stand up at the board for that long, especially over that day. And all right, he can turn up and play and probably believe he's going to lose the first round, but I don't think that's any good for anybody's confidence. Yeah, right, you're throwing darts, but do that on a practice board with a partner. Um, th- there's no need to put yourself in that intense, isolated atmosphere when you can have a practice in your own conditions, somewhere slightly more relaxed. Um, with better facilities available while you're practicing and, and that sort of atmosphere and just make sure you froze right and work on being stood up for that long. The worst thing that you could do is turn up to the Pro Tours on day three, win a game or two, and then be stuck three hours later because he stood on his knee too long and it messes him up for the UK Open, which we know are bloody long, hard days. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely massive. They are. They're long, hard, grueling days. Uh, Luke Widow says, I don't think Jamie Hughes is there. Now, again, I, I'd be surprised when Matt Ward jumped on the stream of us. He was talking about it, that the elbow is probably still not quite um, there yet. But after major surgery, it's not going to be. Daniel saying MVG has just withdrawn from the Pro Tour event. Philip? Is that true? Spoke to him yesterday. Unless something's gone on since yesterday. But I had a quick conversation. Well, not quick, but I had a WhatsApp nothing yesterday. Nothing on his socials. And, no. Yeah, nothing at all, yeah. Um, yeah, someone, someone asked earlier, when's an MVG interview coming? Potentially, pe- we've penciled something in between... Super Series and UK Open with Michael. So, fingers crossed, he's been working hard with the new equipment, which we will see at the Super Series. Speaking of the Super Series, Bob says, do you guys think that post-COVID the players will want to return to weekend pro tours or have them in fewer four-day blocks like it is now? Um, I mean, from a fan's point of view, it's great for us. Um, I would say. Um, But I imagine the players would be happy to do that if it meant that there was no more Euro Tour events or there's not more Euro Tour Tour events added to the calendar, I would have thought there, gents. Would you agree? Um, I mean, they want to earn money, first and foremost. It's their job. That's what they want to do. I suspect the answer is very much, are you playing well? Yes, I'd like to play four events in four days. Are you not playing well? I'd only like to play two and take my chance on another weekend. That's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, yeah look, I think it, it's a, it's also a bit of a juggling act for the PDC. And I, and I don't agree with what the kind of reasoning is, because once you get your tour card, you're trying to be a professional player. It's a professional sport, so you play whenever. But the argument is not all players are professional. They still have jobs and everything like that. And look, I get it. 
but I don't agree with it. If you're on the tour, you play when you're told, basically. It's the elite one to eight of, of, of darts. So that, that's that's obviously always been said before. They've got to keep the, the, job, the balancing act between those. So we'll see. Um, so if you can just feel for me while I bring Mr. Webster in. I'm just saying, before you get there, Jar, I'm just saying, big comeback year for Jackpot, completely agree, tipping him for a Super Series win. Um, Steve and John Brown interview would be great. Yeah, I don't think we've ever had a father and son interview, have we, Phil? Definitely not. Um, the first father and son on the tour, aren't they? How many Euro Tour events could there be this year? Phil, is it six? We believe, as of discussions at the start of the year, they were planning for six closer towards the end of the year. Yeah, they, they were hoping to get um, between six and eight in was, was a good number, was what we were being told. Um, very so, also, has a full head of hair this year. He is changing everything. Um, I can't quite see that one, mate. MVG looks like my dad. I've always said that for years. My dad is his, my dad and, and MVG. I can't. I can never di- di- like dis- di- you know distinguish two of them. They're, they're pretty much the same people. Also, Rob Cross interview being asked about um, again. I'm sure we'll we'll talk to him and see if we if he want to come on. PB is good friends with Cross, so uh, you know, as 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 everybody. To be fair, Rob is a very very nice bloke. Got a lot of time for him. Um, do you think uh, it's time for the Premier League to be scrapped? Says Nico, and he says, uh, "I feel like it may have almost had its day. Uh, the PDC could create some new style of tournament." That's an intriguing one, um, although I'm sure with our next guest, when he arrives in the next few seconds, uh, we can have the best discussion with uh, Mr. Webster in just this moment. But that's a quite bold statement to say that the Premier League should be scrapped. Uh, think, the thing for me, Gob, is the fact that with that one, the, the reason why the Premier League will never be scrapped is because it makes the PDC too much money. Oh, yeah, it's the travelling juggernaut of a circus that it is. You don't get weeknight darts consistently over a period like that on, on a set day and time uh, for any other event. You get blocks, but not the weekly stint and people tune in specifically for it and that sort of thing. It, it, it's just shown everywhere. It's absolutely massive. The arenas are, are never not sold to near capacity every time. It, it just does bits. I'm not against a format revamp, maybe a Premier League two or something like that, and we do two nights and a Wednesday and a Thursday in, in slightly smaller arenas perhaps um, or, or something along those lines or, or definitely a format change of some sort. Um, but the Premier League will never, ever be scrapped. And then I if do, I imagine... He has arrived. We have Sky ITV pundit, former world champion Mark Webster joining us. Webby, good evening. Can you hear me, guys? Yes, we can. Definitely, Webby. Great to you, mate. Yeah, Great to you. Welcome to the show. Problems, a bit of issue, like, but we're here. We're here. Great to have you on the show, mate. Great to have you on the show. Yeah, good. 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 Good.
must, must be over the moon with your beloved Manchester United, won't he? What's that? Must be over the moon it's with your beloved Manchester United. It's not bad, is it? I wouldn't say over the moon, but it's not bad. Yeah, it's, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay, it beats being a Spurs fan. It can't be too bad. But it could be worse. It could be worse. Webbing, we could be Liverpool fans, couldn't we, mate? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're not enjoying themselves at the moment, are they? It's only one that's What's that, Mark? You froze on my side. Can you hear me? Yeah, no, we've, we've got you, mate. We'll, we'll, we'll tell you if you lose your... Looking ahead, oh, mate, today it was announced it was announced nine nights now behind closed doors in, in Milton Keynes for the Premier League. How much of a blow is that for the players? Yeah, it, it, for the debutants, it's a shame, isn't it? You know, someone like Tommy Clayton, you, you kind of, he's got in, he wants to play in Cardiff. Um, the beggars can't be choosers. It, I, I think all those players kind of knew it was coming. I think with the announcement today, it probably will be crowds in the back end of the Premier League. I mean, I don't think they'll be at full capacity, but do you know what? They're in the, they're in the tournament now and um, at least they've got some sort of clarity. It's far from ideal, but it, it's what they've been used to for the last 12 or so months, so they must have expected it. And they'll just want to get going now, won't they? They've played in Milton Keynes before and then um, Coventry and, uh, yeah, they're used to it. And shame it's come to that because two of those players will be gone by the time crowds are in, but it is what it is. I'm sure they'll adapt. Question in the chat room for you as well, saying, do you think the Premier League needs a revamp? Has it gone stale and run its course in its current format? Uh, yeah, you're always looking to improve things. I, I don't know what you do, though, really. I mean, you can't revamp anything this year, can you? You've, uh, you've gone back to 10 players, which I think needs to be done. There's no crowds. I, I don't think you could have done a great deal with it this year. Um, uh, I think the PDC always looking to improve. I don't know what you could do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's gone back to 10 this year and I think it would stay like that for the next couple of years, I'm guessing. But, yeah, it, it, you're always looking for different things. But, yeah, unfortunately, what do you do? I mean, you can't go and include more, many more players. So, at the minute, I think it, it's the best they can do with it, really. What did you think to the way that they up the last spot effectively for the Masters win and that sort of gamble that paid off on the last minute for them? Yeah, I think it was a good angle, wasn't it? It was quite a unique match and it was pressured. I mean, they must have had an inkling. Whether they didn't know officially, they must have known Merv and Johnny. And um, I think it was the right way to do it. Do, do you know what? It was a spot that was up in the air. There was talks of Dave, Fabinet, James... Michael Smith, but you know what? I think one of their two players just just gives it something different. I think particularly Johnny, you know, it's I know what it meant to him, a good friend of his, and um, I like the way it went. The last spot went. I mean, I mean, players a bit bit disgruntled, but no, I liked it. And like you said, it just sort of fell into the lap, didn't it? The opportunity to have a playoff for the Premier League if they could do something like that all the time. But you've got to be careful when you do it. Premier League in those players are in form. I, I, I don't know how they could do that 
again next year, but I really did like it. It'd be good if the players knew next time and it uh, just adds that bit of pressure on what they could achieve. I think, I think for me, though, at the moment, it's the strength of Welsh darts is, is off the Richter scale, it looks like. Obviously, we know about Gerwin Price, we know, and obviously what he's achieved, winning the World Cup, obviously, as well, alongside Johnny. Um, and you look at what's happened to Wells Darts as well. Louis Williams has come through to, to uh, through Q School at the moment, and he's obviously had his nickname now given down to him by the legend that is Richie Burnett in the Prince of Wales. Loads of other great Welsh players. I think it's just now they're starting to take the plunge, you know, seeing Gedwin Price and Johnny Clayton and what they're doing. You know, it's made him think, oh, I'm going to go. And yeah, there's more come through. Louis, Louis's come through this year. And, um, you know, you, you guys like Jamie Lewis missing out. We know how good he is. had a bit of a rough time. But it's uh, Nick Kenny as well. Emerging. You know, I think we'll see more and more come in the coming years. But it's owed a lot to Kevin Price's impact. You know, it's making people pick up darts in Wales. And, uh, yeah, big testament to him and Johnny. And, uh, yeah, it's good for the country. But it's always been had good dart players. We just haven't really seen them emerge forward. Speaking of yeah, just looking you it picking up since on, you disappeared, Webby, does seeing the likes of, of Gezi and Johnny go on and do bits and Johnny giving you that little dig in the ribs, going, look what we finally managed to do <laughs> with the World Cup and that sort of thing, do, does that not fire you up a bit more to, to get the darts back out of the case and get back to Q-Sports? You didn't go this year, but does that does that fire you up that little bit more to, to join the club as of, of the Yeah, yeah, I'd like to have another go. I mean, circumstances this year just didn't suit me. I'm having issues with my shoulders, so I'm trying to get that addressed. I didn't fancy playing in the environment that, that was there. And it was just too soon. If I had a goal, I wasn't match. I wasn't I hadn't practiced properly as I as I can for a while now. So I'm trying to have issues, shoulder issues addressed and then and just with I've got, I've got media work that I can do this year so I just thought it wasn't the right time but you know I'm looking forward maybe I'll go next year who knows but um, I don't know it does I mean the buzz is playing I do really like commentating in the media side I really enjoy it but um, I, yeah I wish I could uh, return it sometime but you just got to handle it I'm not good enough and sort of mass improvement can happen in the way I play and I'm not going to chase a false dream I'm, I'm going to be honest I'm not going to enter q on the back of you know how I'm playing at the minute or how I'm preparing it. You've got to be honest how your, how your preparation is at the minute. I, didn't, don't fa- I don't fancy it. And um, going forward, who knows, my attitude towards it might change. But circumstances this year just weren't for me. And um, nice, really. Um, I was quite relaxed about it this year. It was a big decision last year, not so this year. And um, yeah, going forward, we'll see what happens. I'm a big fan, obviously. I like watching darts. I'll go into it. And um, luckily, I get the best seat in the house for those events. <laughs> yeah. Question in the chat room for you, Webby, from Bonita. She says, um, Webby, who do you see continue to improve and move up the rankings this year? Um, I, I'm going to be friends with that. I see Johnny and Joe continuing their rise. Um, I think Johnny, just a no-nonsense player. Joe finally, at the World Championship, proved what he can do, just went a bit missing. And... Um, yeah, it was. It was like but now he's got the next. Because Joe Cullen fits the profile of Premier League player, but he's got to start producing on a more regular basis. He knows that, but he's probably had the best year of his career since how he kicks on now. So, yeah, credit to him. And um, 
I'm looking forward to seeing the young lad from Wales, Louis Williams, playing. So um, I was impressed with in the UK Open, I think, as a sort of surprise package, not to fly up the rankings, but having you know, a good year where he stays himself. And then players like James Wade, I see just doing what he normally does. You know, every, every year you kind of think, is it time for him to slide? He never does. He digs in, so I expect big things from him. Michael Van Gerwen to return and get the fear factor as well. And um, yeah, I think more of the same. Kevin Price there, Peter Ryan, Harry Anderson seems like he's got a bit more appetite about how he's going to play this year, he's going to play more. So I'm looking forward to seeing everybody back. And, and I think the, the Pro Tours coming back this week is, I think the players are excited now, aren't they? They're sort of chomping at the bit, they're ready to go. Those who haven't played since the Worlds, those who played in the Worlds want to carry on them runs and ones who missed out. And then you talk out all. It's a good mix going to Bolton and then. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the year coming up, really. Yeah, that's a good, interesting point. You talk about the new tour card holders, Webby, because Lee in our chat room has asked who out of the new tour card holders you would actually expect to challenge for a title over the next couple of years. And also, I want to jump on that and say, if you had to pick one name to win an event at the Super Series coming up this week, who would you be picking? Super Series coming up, yeah. You've got to look at, yeah, I, I think it's, it's a cop-out answer, but the likes of Michael Van Gerwen, who will want to be deal, want to stick a marker down and be like, come on, this is, you know, this has gone on long enough now. Because last year was you know, one of the worst he's had in a while, Michael. Kick, stand down and towards Gavin Price. We want to back up that world title win. Then this player is trying to get themselves back in some sort of form. You, you think someone like Glenn Durant, he needs to start uh, winning again. And he knows that he's a... He, he, this is his first confidence crisis advert since I can remember, so I won't read too much into it. But it's it's those players rather than the new ones coming through. It's the ones wanting to stamp down their authority. You know, say they're still the men. You know, Peter Wright lost his title. He'll want to win a title again. Merv want to carry on creeping. Up. And then you, you got to look at the, some of the, you know, I say outsiders, but someone like Ryan Searle had a taste of winning last year. He'll want it again. So, yeah, yeah. You're looking at all sorts of players, and, and then the new ones come through. We've got Tallcard looking to sort of surprise some players, get stuck into it, but they'll realise quickly how hard it is. It is a tough series to play in, and they've got it for two years now. But that two years soon goes, believe me. So they've got to hit the ground running. And um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time. I like the beginning of the year, new influence players, and then uh, see how they get on. One for you, Webby, on the Q school as well. Obviously, there was a lot of talk about the camp-back ranking system for Q-School. If you were Chaz Barstow and Rusty Jake Rodriguez, would you be sat at home rather aggrieved right now that you didn't have tour cards based on the results that you got? Yeah, I, I would be. I would be. But the rules there, I mean, whether you like it or not, um, Chaz seemed to deserve a tour card, didn't he? He seemed to play some good stuff in um do feel for him, and it just—it's—it's it's horrible when you sit there and you're out, and freak results are going against you. It's happened to me in the past with Steve Farmer won an event, and I feel sorry for Charles and Rusty. I think they'll come again, and then you know, I look, I'm looking to see how they go on the challenge tour this year. They're in the UK Open, so I'll be looking forward to watching them play on there. But yeah, I do sympathise with them, especially now Robert Marianovic has said he can't really enter the early events, which you know I'm not poking the blame at him, but. Wayne Mardlaw says the big bit of advice. The talk is technically the easy bit. Make sure you've got the means to play it. And I don't think it's helpful for Robert to miss too many early doors. He's got a job and a family. I get that. But 
you know, you guys know you can't miss events. You've got to try and play in every one you can. You know, you think if Marjanovic misses the Worlds by one round, he'll look at these early ones. So that'll hurt Rusty. But tough rule for them guys. But the rule was there. Whether we like it or not, it was there. And um, they've just got to kick on now. They've just got to try and do well in the challenge. So, because that's the, that's the challenge part of the pun now. You can top that. You're probably playing in everything anyway. So that's their opportunity now. I think yeah, one I question. A little bit more on. Sorry. Go on, go. Go, go. You go. No, go on, go. So, you go. While we're talking about Q score, I was just going to talk about the European Q score and how it continues to get better and better. We're seeing more and more names that are recognisable miss out, like Sir Richard Veenstra this year um, and a few others. How long do you really think it will be until? the standard completely matches the UK and we're getting an even split for players that are entering and that starts to move a little bit more international, European as a start, rather than just the UK. Yeah, I think we're getting it. He made a good point. I think there's still a bit of a golf, but yeah, we're getting there. I think that helps with um, the European tour events allow players to come in as guests on it. So that gives a bit of a taster for them and that helps with their experience when they go to the Q school that they've not just going in there cold, but yeah, it's generating a lot of interest. Now, I think maybe some players maybe might have stayed away this year because they're unsure of what was happening. So I think entries will go up again next year. But no, I've been impressed. And when the players come onto the circuit, you know, they're establishing themselves. You look at the diving ball, he's a player I should have mentioned earlier, actually, to carry on his rise in the rankings. Um, but you know, it takes a couple of times to see someone like Neil Zunavell, who's got his talk out, knows what it's about now, and he's got it back again. And now he's not going in, he knows what to expect. And I think for the newbies, it, that's maybe part of it. But I think that two years just survive and then you pick on. But yeah, definitely, I was impressed with the standard at European Q School. And with you, I think it's getting closer and closer. And uh, yeah, it will be even playing field surely in a few years' time. Well, a lot of the European Q School uh, qualifiers as well are going to be involved in the UK Open. Obviously, whether you're going to be commentating on it for ITV uh, in a couple of weeks' time down in Milton Keynes. First of all, how excited are you to see it back in the original room, in one room like it is in Bolton, uh, like it was back in Bolton? I've heard the rumours from ITV saying that they're going to be, it's all going to be all in the one room. Uh, and secondly, more importantly, who do you reckon is going to lay down that marker uh, for the UK Open, who would you want to be picking or are you going to wait until after the Super Series to uh, to make your pick on who you think might win it? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the usual suspects, but the, the beauty of this, they can all knock each other out, can't they, because it's an open draw. I mean, yeah. if you're sort of a low-ranked player, you want them all to take each other out, but you expect Gerwin Price, your Michael Van Gerwen, sort of surprise packages, your James, not, James Way's not surprise packages, but someone that will quietly go about his business. You, know, some, you get players there who aren't in front of the camera sometimes for the finals. You think, oh, they've just gone, gone about it in their own way. But, yeah, I'm expecting some of the new tour card holders to sort of, you know, relish the chance because UK Open, don't forget, is a, you know, it's one of the one major events for the top players that they think, right, I'm in that, don't worry about that. Whereas they're chomping at the bit, the new players, ready to go. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It, it's a tough because like you said, it's, they can draw anyone, but again, it's a cop out. But you're looking at your Gerwin Price's, Michael Van Gerwen, I think James Wade's had a good run there, and Peter Wright. 
But then, you know, your players coming from the pack, as well, Dermot Divenbode, who I didn't mention earlier, but Dimitri as well. It, it's interesting, and then it's a pressure for Nathan as well. Nathan, who's probably having his biggest, I wouldn't say down spell, but he's not playing as he has in the past couple of years. He's defending the, the title there, well, the prize money in the title, so pressure on him. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm all in the one room as well, I'm led to believe, which is like Bolton. Unfortunately, crowds won't be there to wander around the boards, but just panning around, I think it's a, it's good. You'll hear reactions from the outer boards as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that aspect of it being back and um, certainly be a good event. I think, like I said, players ready to go and be excited about it. And I'm expecting some big performances from all the players competing. Obviously, we can't talk about Q-School and not talk about a certain Dutchman, Webby. Barney did it. He came through Q-School. <laughs> look, look, looked really good in spells. It's a big year for him. Where do you see him after his first year back on tour? Um, do you know what? I don't see him having any issues retaining his tour card. I mean, he's got a long way to go before he's making Blackpool and Ireland. Bear in mind, he's, he's already, what is he, for Dublin, he's three months behind on the tour. He's six months for Blackpool. He's got a long way to go to it. Um, but I expect, I mean, realistically, I think he should be thinking the UK Open is in. He's doing pounds, isn't he? He's, he's drawn from the start. He's got to make the Worlds, the Players' Championship Finals, the Grand Slam of Darts, and then make an impact on the European Tour, getting the European Championships, because he's been heavily criticised for not competing in them enough. He's, if he's back now, he's got to compete, and I, I think Raymond will. He's got to play everything. That weekend, this weekend, I've got to play everything. Get to the Worlds, just establish himself, and then sort of move for the big, the, the TV events, because you know, the TV events, you need a year to get in. So the Worlds, he's got that. But Blackpool, I think, could be a stretch for him, but I see a solid without being a spectacular year for Ren Van Barnevelde there. I think it'll be tough for him to challenge for major titles in this first year, but who knows what Raymond Van Barnevelde will see. Will we see a hungry one back returning? I think we will. And it uh, be interesting to see how he fares in the Super Series and the UK Open. Anything else, Gents? Webby, while we're here? No, I just say. What's the transition? Just talk about you again for the year ahead. You said you're going to do a lot more media now because you're not playing. What's that transition from media to player like? Is it easier as an ex-player um, because of the way that you see the game and understand the things that, that go on around the event? And, and how easy is it to just make that change and be comfortable that people want to hear what you want to say? Um, I don't know, you know. I mean, the first couple of times I did it, I was nervous, but I generally enjoy it. It's never, ever a chore to be I look forward to doing it. Um, I, like, I like watching that. I like commentating on that. And, um, uh, yeah, it, it, you, you, you kind of know as a player how people feel. You know where there's key legs and you know how you felt in that position or when you're under pressure. I mean, me and Mark will often talk when you throw it in a decided leg for the match and you sort of, rather than being convicted that's where nerves can creep in you can kind of read how the players are feeling but no, it's interesting you kind of for me who sort of harbour some slim hopes still play you're still learning you're watching players what they do it might be I don't know still a way to play goals for things I might give that a bash but you know what I enjoy it I um, and I, I get into it as well it's you kind of getting involved in a game it's you know it's not everything I mean I think I worked on Scott Waits and Matt Campbell's game in the World Championship just jumping out at me and you just get engrossed in all this fantastic game and it 
I'm a lucky boy to be doing that job. I appreciate the opportunities afforded to me by Sky and ITV, and um, I enjoy it. And uh, yeah, and it's probably why I've stepped away from playing at the minute because I just focus on that, the different pressures, and um, I just enjoy my home life a bit more as well. So I do like it. And um, not an easy transition. You have to do your work, but I'm lucky, and you know, it's, it's fun. It's Absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Thanks for taking time out on your Monday evening to come and speak to us, mate. Down or up in North yeah, Wales, no mate. Guys. And we will see you very, very soon, mate. Pleasure as always, mate. Yeah. Cheers, Webby. Take care, guys. Thank you. Cheers. And great to have some insight. In. Yes. Just that great so, so much insight from Webby uh, you know, as a player and a commentator. And our next guest. PB is exactly the same. Another man with who's a former player that has come through and delivered the insight of probably one of the best, if not the best, in the business right now. Yeah, definitely. And if by magic, Mark departs, and we are now joined by none other than Mr. Paul Nicholson, the asset. Paul, good evening. How are you? Good evening, Paul. How you going, guys? All right. Oh, Great to see you, mate. Yeah, Great to see you, mate. Great to see you, as always. It's uh, It's been a while since we bumped into, well, all three of us bumped into the UK Open back when, you, when you'd when you already called the Game of the Year by that point in Chris Dobie against Christoph Ratajski. Wow. Seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? I mean, there's been so many great games since then, but some things just stick in your mind, don't they? I mean, what is it about Ratajski and Dobie that every time they play each other, they seem to deliver something? But... Uh, yeah, I get the feeling that Dorby, especially, is someone who is brimming just under the surface. And I think he needs to start looking at some of these performances that he's had. And 2021 could be possibly the next step uh, for him. But I think you could say the same about Ratajski as well. But yeah, lots of great games between then and now. And we expect in the coming days. Getting a lot of love in the chat room already, Paul. Saying hello everyone a lot of love but we've saved this part of the show deliberately um for you <laughs> the darts world the darts world had gone a, a, a little bit quiet on on friday and then there was a, there was a certain facebook post by the whatever he is ex current bdo chairman and you tweeted out i don't have the words right now but i'm sure i'll find them having time to consider and reflect have you found those words to what an arse that man is? <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is, if I'd have been speaking to you right now in direct uh, you know, correlation to that tweet coming out, what I would say now would have been very different and very blue for that matter. I was sitting up reading that thing on social media and I was absolutely red and... I just couldn't believe what I was what I was reading. And the fact of the matter is, Des Jackson gave me a job once. He directly employed me for the World Masters that was won by John O'Shea. And I'll forever be grateful for that because I got to work with Laura Turner. I got to work two days with John Gwynn, which was absolutely brilliant. It was so much fun. So I'm always going to be grateful for that. But my position as someone who covered the last three lake sites and, of course, the Indigo and the World Masters at Perfleet. I had an insight as to what was going on. 
So I could see that things were falling apart. And I was waiting for the last level to just go to the floor. It was like a house of cards. And I didn't see anything in the building at any event I went to to tell me otherwise. It was quite simple. Uh, you could see that the, the foundations of the organization were crumbling and that players were moving. And as soon as they lost Glenn Doan, you just got the feeling that maybe that was the tipping point when they lost their figurehead and things were starting to go awry and fingers were starting to be pointed as to whose fault it was. Now, the fact of the matter is the, the British Darts organisation has been going downhill for quite some time. But it still held a cachet with the audience uh, in January every year. People are expected to watch Lakeside Dart. However, what we've seen in 2020 and 2021 is nothing short of shambolic. Now, I know that Des Jacklin is not 100% to blame for everything that has gone on. There were some faults before it. However, the crux of the matter is this. He has got no skills... He has got a great deal of ineptitude about fixing the British Darts organization. It is finished. It is over. And to cling on to it is wrong. Let it go. Now, the fact of the matter is, and this is where the, the huge argument comes from, as I just make myself a bit more comfortable. There are different arms of the BDO. There's a commercial division which has gone bust this week. I've seen the actual documents of the commercial arm of the BDO going into liquidation. I think a lot of people have seen this document. There are still uh, sides of the BDO which are still alive. The biggest question is this in relation to what we've seen in the papers. Which part of the BDO owns the trophies? This is what I want to know. Okay. Now, if the commercial arm of the BDO owns those trophies, why has Des got the trophy? This is what I want to know. I'm not just talking about the Lakeside Trophy. I still call it the Lakeside Trophy. But what about the Gold Cup that was taken away from Jim Williams? And what about the trophy that McCrew has? The trophy that Keen Barry has told me personally that he's going to keep. So there are questions yet to be answered. But what I want to know is who do those trophies belong to and where are they going now? That's the issue for me because the way I see it, the way I see it, the the arm that went into liquidation is BDO Enterprises, which owned the stage game, if you like, their tour. The BDO Limited managed the county game. Well, the county game isn't there anymore. That's gone to UK DA, AD. I can't remember. They definitely changed it around at one point. Sorry, guys, did a great job. Um, I, I just don't get what there is to cling on to these trophies. Like, if the enterprise is gone, like we know it's wound up. Surely they have no right over that. And at the same time, 90% of trophies are often donated by the person who puts their name on it anyway. There's a serious claim that Bob Potter actually owns that trophy because he would have been the man that would have stumped up the entries when it was Lakeside after it stopped being embassy. But actually, he's the man that should rightfully have that trophy and it should it should live at Lakeside. I'm completely on way more on side with regard to the trophy and everyone else that's had their trophy taken away from until the rightful owner of it for the next staging of that event, whether that be now by the WDF or donated to MAD or or someone else who wants to take over that arm of the amateur game, that's where the trophy should have lived, not in somebody's living room in Gainsborough, Lincolnshire. Well, that's the crux of the matter, isn't it? Because 
uh, I, I really do believe that maybe this trophy does belong to Bob Potter. And I still call it the Lakeside Trophy, like I mentioned. And if that is the case, then mm -hmm. it belongs at Lakeside. It belongs on Bob Potter's mantelpiece because he's the one who commissioned it, we think. And I want to see the proof yes. of this. This is where my heart of hearts is right now. I want to know who this trophy belongs to. And the same for the other ones as well. And that Gold Cup, for instance, is one of the most impressive trophies in sport. It needs to be in the right place, whether it's a museum, whether it's with a player, whether it's with the rightful owner. That is the fact. Now, I'm not going to try and go off a handle here and say nasty things about Des because I'm a professional. I could have said nasty things on Friday night. Uh, I would have said really nasty things, really nasty things. But the fact of the matter is, it really reeks. When you look at the media, and I don't believe in the media, see, I think a lot of things are blown out of proportion. But right now, what it looks like is that he has had a vendetta against Wayne Warren to get this trophy back. And he has won this mini battle. But the war is not over. Darts fans are very vocal. And when it comes to the Bayliots... <laughs> It's a very, very vocal society. We won't rest until we find the rightful owner of that trophy and it's in the right hands. Now, if, for whatever reason, he's got some legal paperwork to say that he owns that trophy, then we'll have to, you know, drop our keyboards and stop saying stuff about it. But the fact of the matter is, I think we all know that it doesn't belong to him. And he does play darts. That's the only way he's going to get his hands on it because he's never going to win a world title. And... I want to know what's going to happen with the other ones, though. Is he going to go after Makuru? He'd be a really brave person to do so. Is he going to go all the way to Japan now? That wouldn't be a, a rightful trip mm -hmm. under COVID regulations. We know for a fact that this trip is not necessary. Is he going to go to Japan and get this trophy? He's not. Is he going to travel to Keane's place and get that trophy? He's not, I, I very much doubt it. So from here on out, I think we need to ask the other really interesting question. He says the BDO is still alive. Well, modern amateur darts is very alive. I know this. PDC is getting ready for another great season. And the WDF are doing some great stuff. Where's the BDO in all of this? They're dead. If you get, let's just... If you get the time, we've yeah, had great the, over the last four years. Let it go. Just let it go. Yeah, you forget the Torremolinos open pool. You forget, you forget the Torremolinos open pool. It is going to be the uh, the most important award in all of darts by the end of 2021. No, I, it, it, go on, Phil. Sorry to jump in there. I had to make I had to make a Torremolinos joke. We do it every week on this show. Yeah, no, I was going to ask you. You touched on it there. That do you feel this is a very savage and personal attack on Wayne because he was so vocal about the way the prize money was done, dealt with, and he wasn't paid the money he was due and thought he was going to get that Des has made this very personal against him and him only. Yeah, absolutely. This is uh, me against him. That's all it is. And to see whether he could win this battle and he has won this battle. Ultimately, I think Wayne Warren, who has been robbed of great success and the ability to go and showcase that trophy across the country, which a lot of sports people have had, throughout the last 12 months. But ultimately, I think this is a personal battle. And if we believe everything that we think, you know, we've seen over the last few days and indeed the last 12 months, I think it labels 
Des Jackman as a huge narcissist. And I, I don't mean that really nasty, vengeful way, but that's the way it looks. He could have done something quite nice here. He had the opportunity to say, do you know what? The BDO is no more. And until we find the rightful owner of this trophy, why doesn't the last person to win it, why doesn't he hang on to it? It's not like Wayne Warren's going to go and pawn this trophy. He knows it doesn't legally belong to him, but he will maintain the character of this trophy and the integrity of this trophy that has been won by great players until its rightful home is established. Now, I believe that trophy belongs in a museum, if it doesn't belong at Bob Potter's house in Frimley Green. But this is quite a nasty thing he's done. He has bypassed the opportunity to do the right thing. And I think that is one of the things that has really got the back up of the Darts fans and the analysts within the game. And I think the opportunity has passed. And we all looked at Des Jacklin with question marks over the last couple of years. But now we look at him very differently. It's not question marks we're looking at him with. It's with anger. Completely agree. And I, I followed the story quite intently. I, I wrote a couple of things back in the early days before the counties even took their vote, saying that was the direction I thought they should head into. That actually the the separate nations or a new body needed to come in and run that side of the game. The WDF had already said they weren't going to recognise the BDO as, as their affiliated world championship anymore. And that that was it then. That that was it. And the minute that the BDO accepted that the counties wanted to move on and those eight or nine that were resisting a little bit and wanted to stay together all accepted that for the good of darts, they were going to move under the UK um, AD banner. That was it. That was done. The enterprises had no purpose. They were getting wound up and the limited had no members. I, I don't get how they can be parading saying that the BDO is still alive. There's no membership. That there's nothing, it doesn't serve a purpose anymore. That is correct. And this is where the whole thing of narcissism comes in because when you think about it, uh, he thinks that the video is alive when it's not. And we all have yeah. to accept that. You know, I'm 41 years of age and the first world champion was crowned in the video the year before I was born. So I've grown up uh, throughout my entire life watching video darts. But ultimately, within any sport, you have to have evolution. We've had different periods of evolution, of course, with the split back in the early 90s, Barry Hearn taking over and taking the sport to different heights. And the amateur game has been in the hands of volunteers for the best part of a couple of decades. So now we have a thriving business and we don't want to stop here. We don't want to stagnate. The thing about the BDO is it did stagnate. It hasn't gone anywhere in quite some time. The prize money hasn't changed, well, in a positive manner, for a, a long, long time. So ultimately, it mm. got to its summit, and they found the cliff edge, and they're over the cliff now. And I want to look back on the BDO with fond memories. I don't want to look back and think of this. Nobody does. But we want to move on. We want to have challenge to her. We want to have modern amateur darts. We want to look forward to the new season of PDC stuff, where we've got all these new challengers. Now, the feeding systems, whether you like it or not, are different now. The challenge tour is a different beast. Do we need the BDO? No. Do we need the WDF? Yes, we do. Because they have a worldwide model and bodies all over the world in uh, 
particularly Australia and the oceanic region around different parts of the world. And there's still an opportunity to have great tournaments like the World Masters and other things like that. But I'm absolutely on your side when you say that when the WDF revoked the World Masters, that was the nail in the coffin that it couldn't recover from. And now the WDF have clean hands and a new vigour and they want to move forward. They don't look back. Yeah, well, this is what I was going to say quickly around it. Yeah, I just wanted to ask a quick question here, Paul. You, you've said there about like how the BDO is dead, and, and quite rightly so. Do you reckon that, because I've always mentioned the start of it really came when Barney switched in 2006, when he switched over and did what he did in 06 and moved the sport onto new heights. We saw what happened in 07, the last ever World Championship game at the Circus Town, and then it moved over to Alexandra Palace. If... Ollie Croft had accepted Barry Hearn's offer nearly a decade ago. Do you reckon we would have been anywhere close to this position? Because it is, for me, the moment when Ollie Croft said no to the offer to re to redo the game and reunite the game. That was when Barry just went right, sod it. I'm going to start. I'm going to do something better. In and he did in the challenge of the death. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the comparison. Uh, of, say, Des and Ollie Croft. I, I don't think that's a fair comparison because Ollie did an amazing amount for the game. No, and I, 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 I agree with that. I agree with that. What I'm saying is that... Yeah, what, that's, I agree with that. I, I'm just saying that I think that maybe the split happened... Once the split happened... Uh, sorry, once, once Ollie Croft refused Barry's offer, that was when maybe the, the, the start of the BDO properly declined before Des just took a chainsaw to it. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's actually true. When you think about the the blueprint of what the champions were doing after Raymond van Bonneveld moved. There were people before then who were making a name for themselves: John Boy Walton, Tony David, Ted Hankey at the time, and others who did not choose to go to the PDC. Now, one of the ones that I remember fondly is Richie Davies from Wales. We used to call him Lamb Chop. Great nickname and one of the best dart players in the world at the time, but just wanted to play as a hobby. But at the time when he lost to Raymond van Barneveld in a world final, I'm thinking to myself, why don't these guys who are genuinely one of the best dart players on the planet, why don't they move? But when Barney decided to do it, he almost said to everyone, okay, I'm going to do it. Why don't you follow me? People did. Michael van Gerwen, Klassen, van der Voort. Mark Webster, Simon Whitlock. Are you starting to get where I'm coming from? Win Lakeside, do well at Lakeside. That's what Barney showed everybody. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, A couple of people in the chat room, Paul, have said they love the idea of a darts museum, but what city should it be in? (laughs) Stoke. (laughs) Oh, that's a good (laughs) question. Stoke. It's got to be Stoke, Stoke, Stoke because it's got more one titles than anything else. It's nothing to do with Adrian Lewis or players from there. It's the fact that that area almost christened world champions, didn't it? I mean, it was the area of the the Midlands. It could be Nottingham because I'm sure that was where Leighton Reese won his title. So maybe you could have it in, yeah, uh, it the, in the same the Midlands. <laughs> um, 
again, Paul, just obviously that, that we've, we've covered that now and a couple of bits that we asked Mark Webster the same and the same for you. Was it a tough decision for you not to go to Q school this year? Not at all. Uh, it was all medical. I mean, the fact of the matter is I've got an, I've got an appointment in about 48 hours time, less than that actually, about uh, it's a really important consultancy appointment about looking at surgery. So I knew that what was going on in my shoulders wasn't right. I mean, I can play darts. You can see my dartboard's up on the wall. I can play for about 15 minutes without any pain, but my experience of two Q schools, one successful and one not, is that you can't tackle a Q school the way that my shoulder feels. And there were times playing the Modus Live League last year, I particularly remember a game against Scott Mitchell. I was sweating so profusely through pain that when I went off the air, I just felt like I was going to cry again. <laughs> but at the same time, you've got to be honest with yourself. And much like Mark, he made the decision and was comfortable with it. I was too. I left it as late as I possibly could. I thought I owed that to myself and to Winmar, who have been with me for seven years now. And I thought, if I'm not in the right state to play proper darts, I'm not going to go. But what I am going to do in 2021 is I am going to be as fit as I've ever been, and hopefully with surgery or rehab, whatever it is needed, I will be able to go to Q School in 2022, maybe in better condition than I was when I won through Q School. So that's the aim. I just don't want to do it half-arsed. You know, what's the point in doing that? You're just going to lose. You're going to lose to some of these young upstarts. You're going to lose to some of the experienced guys. When you go there, you've got to be ready. And 2021 is the year of getting ready. Just touching on what you said there, obviously, the your media work is the way you're regarded now. You're up there with the very best, and that's just not me saying that's on social media. But is there still a part of you Everybody in this deep group. inside? Everybody, everybody, team, everybody in this team, I should say, Paul. <laughs> is there a part of you inside that still thinks I can cut it at the top level with these elite players as well? There's a small proportion of my stomach that still has a fire. And it's almost like a pilot light. You know, it's about what you do with that pilot light, isn't it? I, every time I think about uh, me playing darts, I go back to what Wayne Marlow said about his fire going out. And I've almost used that as my little gauge as to what I want to do. So that fire's still in there because when I do have the odd throw without pain, I still throw and I still have focus. I, st- I think I'm a better mental player now than I ever was, but I'm not the same physical player that I was when I was 29, when I felt like I was indestructible. But I think there's a way, and the likes of Peter Wright... Um, and Wayne Warren, for that matter, have shown us that you can play the best darts of your life in your 40s and your 50s. So that's inspirational to me. But as long as that fire's in there, yes, I still think I can, but it remains for me to approach this properly and do the right work. In my opinion, to get myself ready, it's going to take me at least four or five months of constant play and getting this right and getting ready for the challenge. And I've got to feel somewhat like I was back in 2007, 2008, before I joined the tour, I've got to have a level of confidence before I will say I'm definitely going to do it. But between now and that point, I'm willing to put in some hard work. I just want to 
jump in with that one. If, God forbid, you never do make it back to the tour, any regrets? Anything you'd have done differently looking back on your playing career? <laughs> I am the king of regrets. <laughs> I think uh, I regret giving the DRA so much money. I mean, that's... Uh, <laughs> uh, Single-handed money for the Christmas party. The amount of notes that I currently put in it. Kind of silly. Uh, so, no, I, I, I didn't enjoy those meetings at all. Uh, but then again, I did set a precedent for a lot of the, the rules that are actually used now. I don't know whether that, that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, there's a couple of <laughs> things I regret. You know, uh, From a personal level, I shouldn't have let the crowd get to me at Blackpool against Wes Newton. Uh, that, that, was, that was probably the start of my downturn, that match. And I look back at that match with nothing but hatred. Uh, it was it was awful. I'd, I'd love to redo a couple of moments in that match, especially three darts at tops to win. But I think that my biggest regret, <laughs> and what I want to do is clear any wrongdoing here of, of Adrian Lewis during that World Cup final, because Adrian was telling me off for the right reasons. A lot of people don't know why he was having a go at me. They thought it was because of my conduct. Well, it wasn't. It was to do with the fact that at the end of the match, the Sky cameras didn't see that I slammed my darts on the stage. And that was a bit of a bad habit for me at the time. Um, and one of the two of the darts at the stage, one of them careered off the edge and hit a cameraman in the leg. That I really regret. And I was fined accordingly. And at the end of it, I held my hands up and I said, I shouldn't have done that. But at the time, Adrian was in the right and he told me off and he had every right to do so. Love that. Love that story. Do you know what, though, Paul? This is the thing. We talked about this with Webby when uh, when he was on, and we'll talk the same with you. Now that you're in that position of in the media, calling the Pro Tours, calling the Euros, I presume we're going to be seeing you on, on PDC TV uh, from Thursday onwards on the Super Series. Do you, do you find it really interesting to go from being a player and play and now calling a game? Because can you just spot whenever something's wrong, whenever someone that you normally can see their action or the fact that they're completely missing a, a, a dart of treble, you know, the, the, the dart's very loose. Can you spot that pretty much straight away from a game now? Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's one of the joys of being someone who has been on the hockey and someone who now has multiple camera angles to look at their opponents. Now, if you look at 2018, for instance, when I had a decent year, qualified for the World Championships and had a great run in Gibraltar, I, and, and I'm going back to one of the questions you were uh, given to Mark earlier. It was about how you, um, you know, handle things as a player and handle things as a pundit. I had the busiest year of my career in 2018 because I was working for so many networks and I was playing full time. So I split them in two. When I was playing, it was a break from the media. When I was in the media, it was a break from playing. But at the time, I was getting so much inside information on players by watching them as a pundit. It was not even funny. And I can read the tells on the players' faces as well as the likes of Chris Mason, Alan Warren, a little Wayne model, Rod Studd, and all the great pundits in our game. But I think the players, especially John Parth, who I genuinely rated as one of the best pundits I've ever had. I think he can probably read 
anyone better than anybody, but I've got a pretty good read on most of them. And I'd, I'd love to have one more crack at them with the knowledge that I have. I will say that. <laughs> but, well, here's a couple of questions there, Joe. No, we're talking about, obviously, about... Go on, Gob. Go on, Gob. You go, mate. I was just, it was just an extension on that one. Just a bit, knowing what you do now about seeing everyone else on the tour and that sort of thing, we've spoken a lot about the need for the sport to evolve a little bit and perhaps see a few more coaches in the game or a few more um, mental uh, psychologists and that sort of thing. Do you think we're heading towards that direction, especially after quite publicly known that Wayne Mardo assisted with Devin Peterson throughout last year and the upturning form that he had and uh, he dropped Danny Baggish a message and he says that that got him over the line on the final day of Houston. Do you think that for too long darts has been a bit of a, a selfish independent sport and actually we need more and more people to come through now as coaches and the players to take that leap and accept a bit of help? Yeah, I do. Uh, I've been a bit of a mentor for certain players and uh, some young talent myself. But what I do know without giving too much away is that things are changing. I don't know whether this is an online darts TV uh, exclusive. I can't give you all information, but I know that things are changing and it's going to be very big. We right now have a lot of mentors within the game and giving great advice. But the fact that uh, we are seeing players open their minds to more psychology stuff meditating as well put by the tabloids a few days ago and we look at the likes of Dimitri Vandenberg and Devin Peterson and uh, some other players who are utilizing the coaching ideas the fundamentals that we're trying to put in place but I know for a fact firsthand that we are putting things in place to make sure that the future of the game is not about the end of the bar advice that we used to get I remember used to play for a pub in Bedlington the home of Chris Dobie uh, 20 odd years ago and the advice you used to get in, re in regards to your games at the end of the bar you'd ask the landlord you'd ask your team captain you'd ask someone who had a bit of experience nowadays different you don't do that you ask someone who is trustworthy someone who has been there and done it and someone who has qualifications that is the future of our game not the end of the bar advice same as a golf course well, tell you your mate will always say you lifted your head rather than go for a lesson <laughs> that person's trying to beat you on the first tee why is he giving you good advice so you need someone who is not your opponent and not someone in the same room but you need someone who's impartial who's got your best interests at heart yeah so Paul you've obviously mentioned about everything in terms of the game and all that I want a couple of quick questions around the Super Series in the UK Open obviously you'll be there on on Thursday, Milton Keynes, I presume you will get the swab up the nose and the COVID test, no doubt, very, very soon, probably after your, your call with the surgery. Um, I want to name, if, if I may, two names. One who you will think will win a Super Series event and one who you think may go on and lift the UK Open in my, I was going to say my head, then in Milton Keynes even, uh, next Sunday. I've been thinking about this for the last half an hour. And um, I look at the end of, Last year, with the Winter Series, and I was mightily impressed with your Colin. I think someone who has been with the company for so long, like he was with Unicorn, and then he switches to Windmill Darts, and all of a sudden he just wins a title, just like that. And you think, that's not an accident. And you look at what he did at the World Championship with Michael, and you think, that is in itself a huge step forward. 
So I get the feeling that Cullen is going to be a huge threat. If he's done the work, and I said this during my TalkSport 2 coverage going into some of his games, if he's put the work in, he'll win an event. Simple as that. And he could be a threat at the UK Open. But now Johnny Clayton has found uh, the winning habit on the stage, uh, I wouldn't discount him at all. But the, the one person for me that uh, I'm watching out for this year is Damon Hedda. I, I really do think that he's got nothing to lose this year. First year on tour and he does all of that stuff. Picking up a win, good runs, gaining respect from everybody, pundits, analysts, fellow players alike. I think he could be the man to, to, to watch out for. Watch out for the guys who've got nothing to defend. I think that's important. And the funny thing is, Dimitri Vandenberg hasn't got a great deal to defend either. So he could <laughs> sail up those mountains. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens uh, with that one. But I'm, I'm watching out for, for Damon Hedda. And I'm just sad that Kyle Anderson's not going to be here. Uh, we all miss him. He, he was great for the practice room. He's always smiling, always full of positivity. And I, I'm really going to miss having him around. And he was doing a bit of commentary with us at the European Tour, and he was learning about uh, you know what Richard Ashdown does behind the scenes and things like that. He was genuinely interested. And we need people like that. So I hope we'll get Kyle back. But, um, yeah, Damon Hedder for me. I think he was an upset. I was going to say, Paul, one thing our beloved audience haven't thanked you for, and it stuck with me ever since doing comms with you, is the bagel is now a massive part of our live streaming when people are getting pops. The, um, the, the bagel whitewash has stuck with me, and it's now stuck with our chat room as well. We've got people calling bagels all over the place. Bagel's just a bit easier to say than donut. And I prefer bagels <laughs> to donuts. <laughs> That's just the way it is. <laughs> let's face it, you know, we, when I came into the game as a player, I, I promised myself I would never, I wouldn't be the same as anybody else. I think I uh, followed through on that promise. When it comes to being uh, an analyst, I wanted to be myself. And a lot of people accuse me of trying to mimic Sid Waddell. Well, that's actually not true. I do honour Sid Waddell, but what a lot of people don't realise is that I was born. Uh, and raised in an area that was less than 10 miles from where Sid grew up. So there's a lot of similarities there. We're fiercely Northumbrian, as Chris Dorby and Callum Rids are as well. And the great Ian Willis, who, of course, uh, who played uh, PDC Darts, who's no longer with us, he was Northumbrian. But I just want to be myself, and what you see is what you get. And when you're coming up with crazy stuff like bagels and, uh, you know, I once got a dare from Radio 1, um, as to you know what food I was going to mention in the World Championship final on TalkSport. You know, I'm a bit of a foodie, as you know. And I just like to compare things Amazing. to food. Uh, Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on, mate. Thank you very much for taking the time to join us this evening on the live band, mate. Massively appreciated it, and we look forward to seeing you in the flesh sometime soon now that Boris has given us a roadmap to normality. Yeah, looking forward to it. June 21st, bring it on. But stick it online darts, of course, for your uh, coverage of the Super Series 1. And I will be there on Thursday with Dan Dawson and Chris Murphy. So uh, tune in via both channels. And I will see you this weekend. Nico, absolute pleasure. Thank you
And Incredible. there it is, ladies and gentlemen. gentlemen. What an absolute legend to have on. Said some really, really good things there, guys. Really good. Incredible, really. Uh, to have the last hour, basically, with with a BDO world champion, with a world champion in darts, uh, and two, an also players championship winner. The only, you know, the only one who didn't make it Premier League. I wasn't going to bring that one up, but the only one not to make the Premier League, as we've always talked about. But more importantly than that, the two two of the best pundits in the business. And if you ever get a chance to listen to uh, Sky and uh, PDC TV, I think I've learned so much over the last couple of years listening to Webby and Nico both talk me through a game of darts. I've learned a lot more than I really give them, that I really actually thought I would do. And if you get the opportunity to do so, everybody, follow their coverage on, on Thursday, absolutely on PDC TV alongside ours, and listen at times to what Nico says. Because, no, listen at times in terms of choosing between the two coverage. Because if you listen to Nico, you learn a lot more about the game. 100%. If I was picking a, an all-star, we've said this before, they'd both be on my all-star punditry team. 100%. Right, guys, it's time. We're going to open up the chat room for the next five or so minutes um, because we're approaching the end of the show, as always. I've genuinely loved tonight's live lounge. It's been different, but it's been amazing. But questions are going to come in, as always. So time is now. Get your questions in for us, and we will try and answer as much as we physically can. A lot of love in the chat room tonight for Nico and Webby and rightfully deserved. Um, chat room has been absolutely insane tonight, guys. As always, you guys are absolutely yeah. smashing it for us. But now it's over to you. We will answer as much as we can. Yeah, um, also, while, while you get your questions in, while you get your questions in, a reminder, as we talked about there briefly, the Super Series begins on Thursday, 2 p.m. GMT, 3 p.m. Central European time. We will be with you from first start to last start of the Super Series. Uh, it is PB. I think it's Luke as well who's going to be on on uh, on Thursday. And Lee as well who's in the chat room as well. So Phil, Luke and Lee are talking you through the first bit of the first day of the Super Series on Thursday. I'll be on the live blog alongside Matt, keeping you all the way up to date if you do have to go and work. But join us 2 o'clock every single day of the Super Series, Thursday through until Sunday. Yeah, one from Simon here. Who do you think will struggle this season and lose their tour card? What I'm going to say, this really, really pains me to say this. Steve Beaton. And I say that with an absolute heaviest heart you can That would be one hell of a drop if he was to go and lose his tour card. He is, I mean, he is still number world 33, mate. I just, what I saw last year wasn't good. The signs weren't good. I agree with you. And I, just, I agree with you, but I, I just don't think it's this year. I think next year, maybe. Yeah, um... Chris no, that's Reyes. the one for me. Christo Reyes is currently 60th on the order of merit and is defending 97.4% of his total this year. <laughs> Next question, please, Owen. Next question, please, Owen. <laughs> before, before we go to the question, 
Huge shout out in the chat room to the reigning defending Windmill World Master, John O'Shea, the Joker, is in the house. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Thanks very much, John. We you're really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much indeed. Um, well, Christo Reyes, you've got issues. Get back to that bar in Tenerife. Please. I love, I love uh, the comment I'll, from I'll David Curtis here. He went, this is the best way to spend a Monday night. And then he followed it up, well, as a single man anyway. Harry says even if you're not, even if you're not single put us in the background yeah. <laughs> just play track number nine she get, play Marvel she'll Gale get Obi sitting right. in casualty in Emmerdale and, and EastEnders and all that you get online darts live lounge Monday 8 till 10 then the rules sort them out yeah. <laughs> uh, this one says, I saw this in the comments earlier. Harry says, Jesus, Jar's fuming that I said he looks like Michael Smith last week. He's changed his barnet. No, I'll tell you what actually happened there, Harry, <laughs> is the fact that I don't have any I don't have any wax left, unfortunately. My wax has not arrived yet. So I will be back to looking like Michael Smith next week. We're going to do a bit of a challenge, I think, until the hair, hair uh, dresses are open and see how long I can actually get this hair because it's going to get very, very long over the next six weeks. I haven't actually had a cut yet all year. Speaking of hair, there will be one on my Instagram this week. So I know you all liked my comb over and curtains. I think I'm in a position to get the wet look gel out and do the 1912 complete slip back. So keep your eye out for the for that one. Oh, can we do that for the can, the, can we do that for the Super Series? I, th- I think I think it's just about there. I think I can I'll do the nineteen-twelve. Instead of online darts, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thomas, says, <laughs> uh, Thomas says, "Is MVG using his new darts?" Um, I believe, unless he changes his mind, that we will see the new ones in the Super Series, mate. Yes, and just to wonder, it John says, um, "What's the optimum time for a boiled egg?" Not a boiled egg fan, mate. More of a poached egg myself. But as you get in the water ready, stirring it, you've got to get that counterclockwise stirring to make it good. My tip for the cup, my uh, cuisine Darts tip Ma- for the day. Uh, Dartsman says, what's your opinion on Ricky Evans? If you've ever heard us, you know we absolutely love him. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He would be watching us. Did you see what he put on Twitter earlier? Luke Woodhouse said he was watching the shows. Hello, Woody. He's already jumped in the comments. Ricky Evans replied saying, catch up with these guys. Haven't missed an episode since uh, November, but he has to listen to it back on Spotify because we distract him from his practice too much on the video. So sorry, Ricky. You're listening to this later in the week. (laughs) There's a a question about Ricky Evans in the questions. Um, Where was it? It was said, um, I think, opinions on Ricky Evans. Absolute top lad and the potential to go and yeah. win something big. Really, really is top, top lad, Ricky. I'll say this, <laughs> right? Luke. Very quickly on this. <laughs> yeah, good boy, actually. Poor no, bloke. No, 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's somebody saying something. Um, uh, do you think, Decky says, Decky Boy123 says, do you think the world will ever move abroad? Ooh, good question. I know Philip is shaking his head, and I appreciate okay. why, because Sky rule the roost, and Sky will never will try not to let the uh, worlds move abroad, and the Ali Pali is special. But if the growth continues to happen in Europe, do we reckon? 
Maybe one day no, we could be going to Berlin at Christmas time. No, not whilst no, not yeah. Well, the only chance you had was while COVID was about if there was an option to put it somewhere where yeah. fans in the UK were massively behind. Um, as long as Barry's there, no chance. The same with the Crucible and the Snooker. Once these events have a home, they are moving. They'll create new events, they'll create new homes, and, and they might move perhaps the Grand Prix, uh, but obviously host the Pro Tour before for that weekend set up. But no, the world is not going anywhere. No. Uh, Andrew Andrew says, uh, who will have the best Super Series out of the first-time tour card holders? One UK player and one Euro. Um, okay, so I've got the uh, Q School Order of Merit up. Um, and I don't know whether this would be like a first-time tour card holder, and I don't know whether this is allowed, but I'm going to go with Martin Schindler uh, from the European Tour. I really like what I saw with him, and I appreciate he's already been a tour card holder, um, but he's got his tour card back, so uh, I'm going to go with it. He's, uh, I'm going to have that. Um, but I think that Shindy played really, really, really good stuff. Really excited to see what he can do this year. I'm going to throw in a pick that a lot of people have said in the chat room, and I am 100% with you on this. I am very much looking forward to seeing Alan Suter play at the Super Series. The man has got bags of talent, Scottish captain. He's been doing bits. He was doing bits all weekend, well, all week and then into the weekend, obviously, uh, when he got his tour card. I think he's got one hell of a shot, Andrew. So uh, I'm going to go with Shindy, Martin Schindler, and I'm going to go with Alan Suter. Yeah, I'd throw Scott into that mix as well. Really liked what I saw on the, mm-hmm. the final day. Um, if you had have said Suter, I'd have gone with. I'd have, he'd have been up there as well. But I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing Scott Mitchell as a full time pro. Yeah, um, I had both of them. I'm very very surprised actually, Jab, just because it didn't come through Q score. I think you've been mugged off because a certain Mr. Barry has a tour card now via the development tour, and I'm very surprised you didn't pick him. But Mitchell and Suter were my two. Uh, Europe, I'm going to go slightly different. I'm going Boris Koltsov. I just think his ceiling game when he gets on a roll is fantastic. Yeah. The only uh, reason why I didn't pick Keane the only reason why I didn't pick Keane is because I've bloody talked about him enough on the last few days. And what yeah, I'm going to say is this. I reckon we... Yeah, and I, I reckon... Uh, a slight side note for people here. Don't be sleeping on him. I think you could do some bits this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, Stinger B, huge respect from across the pond as always. Our pleasure, mate. Um, Thanks, let's go mate. through Piffy City. Owen says, um, um, when we can gather properly again, are you guys going to do this all together in a room or are you keeping it online based? I don't think we talked about that, have we, actually? No, the, the, the plan is that when we're allowed, we will be together on a couch or bar stalls or, or something is the plan to do it from a studio environment. In the online dart, we could be in the online darts big mega bus that might be coming. More on that later. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, we, we, we plan to do it in person. The, the live lounge is here to stay, but it's just, it will be evolved and 
COVID means we have to do it via this way at the moment, but long term in person. I'm just going to go back on one of the questions someone said because they've replied that says, if MVG does lose his U darts this week, he will struggle or will he be back to his best? If you've seen the picture of the new darts, they're, um, shall we say, very similar, Gob? To, to old they're faithfuls. a hybrid between old faithfuls and James Wade, are they not? That that was how we decided. Some of the ring yeah, look very similar to Wade Phase Twos, maybe. They are, um, but they are very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John O'Shea's, by the way, come back in. John O'Shea's come in and said, "Agreed, suits as a machine." Look, if the if the reigning and defending world master says that, I'm, I'm reckoning we could be seeing. Some good stuff from him definitely on that one um simon asks will anyone win their first major tournament this year do you know what yes they will and i'll tell you who it's going to be it will be the merv king show merv will finally do it i reckon do you know what please do you know what i'm gonna say this now if he gets a nice draw and i think it might happen i reckon the uk open could be it. Uh, the way that he lo- he loves a he loves an ITV four event. Does Merv made the semi made the final of the last two? I'm going. The thing is though, if he goes on to make the final of the UK Open and he made the last three ITV finals, which then means three of the last four televised events, and he won't be in the Premier League, and I'll be sat there gutted because that's more consistent yeah, than the majority of the Premier League field. I think there's too much. Da- I think there's too much baggage with him, too much scar tissue. I genuinely I do. Disagree, you Phil. can't lose. I disagree. You can't lose that many titles, I- and it's not having an effect. I but think the Merverts are going to be. I do think there will be a new major winner this year, and I towards the back end of last season, I liked what I saw with the rock star. I think there yeah, was a major title in the chat as well. Within Joe Cullen this year, I, I just liked what I saw. Uh, a lot of people have said it. A lot of people have said that uh, that in the chat room. Hector's a great shout. Seeing that for a couple of people, Winita being one of them. Imagine our surprise: Winita's backing the Australian. Um, <laughs> I too think there will be, but I'm not going to say who because that wasn't the question. It was just will there be, and I'm going to say yes. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, go on, go on. No, 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 no. Can we have some squeezers? Can you tell me squeezers out? All right. I think we see him return to the form that we saw uh the back end of summer. Was it August, September time? And Devin Peterson. Ooh, shout. Heard it here first. I mean, we haven't, we haven't, the thing is, though, we haven't seen him really get back to his best ever since he told MVG that he was living in his head rent-free, have we? Let's be brutally honest about it. Look, but he was another one who played for injury, and, and such is the way that the World Championships is weighted. The risk of missing out on that prize money, even for the first round, just means the players put themselves through a lot more. I'm hoping given the, the, the statement that I've just made, that he's one that's been away, rested up, practiced where he needs to, strengthened the wrist back up, and will come back somewhere near the level of Devon that 
lost to Gerwin Price in a Pro Tour final and then won a Euro Tour the following week? Shouldn't play mind games well, with the master. As Wayne Mardell once well, said. Here's one for you. Owen asks as well, Michael Smith, Dave Chisnell or Ian White, which one of those would win a major first? Easy answer for me, Smith. Easy, easy answer. Only, only one of them will, will win one. No, be Michael Smith. 100%. Correct. Um, to effect, Stinger B, good question here from the States. Frost guys, I actually quite like this. I've never thought about this until he said this like that. He said, what do you think about treating each US state as a country um, for expanding the US market, like the World Cup, for example, a New York tour? I quite like that because America is like such that. a huge country. I like that idea. I've, I've got to say, if each state, again, I don't know what how big darts is in every state, if every state had a tour, and then you play to a winner. Then you've got a massive tournament at the end to find out who's the king. Yeah. You then personally you believe that it's a lot bigger on the East Coast, and then you've got yeah, I, Canada as well. And that's the problem that it's. I think it's very much West Coast Canada and East Coast USA. So even trying to get them guys in the same room is a pain in the ass. Which is why the CBC guys with their virtual tour club this year and that sort of thing. I think. They're definitely going about it the right way. They'd be people that would, as much as we don't want them playing soft tip, a, a similar setup that means you can play without being in the same room for steel tip would be magnificent for American darts. Yeah, we've got we've got time for no, I... we've got time for one more question. I think before we get to two hours. And Tommy, here's a question for you. And this is a question more for Gob, I think, more than anything else. Who's had a better career? Adrian Lewis or James Wade? For me, this is an easy answer. This is an easy answer answer. for me as well. And despite the fact it's been massively underperforming, it's Adrian Lewis. Two times at the end of the day, and we've said this multiple times, it's Adrian Lewis. Are you mad? When, when, When all is said and done, when all is said and done, what do we measure people on in this sport? Trophies. Correct. World titles. James Wade, for me, is the best player to have ever won the World Championship. But until he gets over that line, Lewis has had a better career as the two-time world champion. That's like saying Jordan Henderson's better than Stephen Gerrard he won the Premier League. I agree with that. team, he is. I'm sorry, but... I know and also, he wouldn't fit in this system but yeah honestly at the about end this, of the day right. when, when no, everything is said and done world titles are the be all and end all of being a dark player they no, just are the that, that's the, the way about Lewis Lewis had a great prime there's no doubt about that Lewis had a great prime those two years between 2011 and I'd even go as far as to say 13, when he was playing Taylor in the match play final and the Grand Slam semi final, he was for me the best darts player on the planet at the time. But he ain't. But since that year, apart from when he got to the final in 16 against Gary, he has fallen that far off the cliff. He's currently trying to keep himself alive and scramble on the rocks. James Wade has been. Probably has been arguably. You've always told me he's the best left-handed player to ever play the game, and you're completely correct when you say that. 
but he's also done it for a much longer period than Adrian Lewis has. It, it, uh, it, Wade, uh, Lewis had the better prime. Wade has quite easily had the better career. I think if you offered Wadey the chance to give up every single one of the titles he'd won for a world title, he'd take your hand off. And that's all you need to know about winning a world title. Lewis is one of the biggest underachievers in the sport. Him him and Barney are. But the minute you won two of them, back to back, and made another world final... Sorry, boys. I'd love the answer to be James Wade. I really would. And unfortunately, boys... I'm going to play this card. The chat room agree with me as well. The majority are going I was just about to for say Adrian that. Lewis. Because of the line I'm saying, world titles mean more. And I hate this fact. I absolutely hate this fact. Premier League titles mean more than anything else or, or whatever we want to go down in any other sport, right? T- uh, tennis majors, golf majors, they mean more than any other tournament win. And all right, there are more of them in other sports. There isn't one for a be-all and end-all. But in our sport, where there is a world championship... The same as in snooker, right? Ronnie O'Sullivan, for me, is the greatest player that ever lived. But until he eclipses Stephen Hendry in world titles, we're always going to be sat having that debate. There's always going to be an element right. of doubt or somebody that clings onto it. There is, because there are right. people that still do it now. And Hendry's come back on the tour. Ronnie's the best snooker player ever. Michael Van Gogh is the best heart player ever, regardless of world titles. What a way to end the show this week. What a way to end oh, the show this week. There is. I've, I've had the last you, word. You've sat on that for two hours, haven't you? You've sat on that for two hours. Yeah, so <laughs> I played you like an absolute tipper on the riverbank there. And right at the end, it's like, woo, fishermania. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that case, well, you, I think I'm... you can film the next um, trick shot video, Phil. Go on. <laughs> what, just me hitting the board? We've got to wrap this up. Everyone, it's absolutely amazing the last two hours. This is up there with one of the best live lounges we've done. I've enjoyed every single minute of it. I want to thank everyone in the chat room who has contributed for the last few hours and of course Nico um, Webby absolutely top draw for one last time please smash that subscribe and like button ladies and gentlemen it's been absolutely amazing I've been Bill Bars as always joined by Jack Gobby Garwood and Jada Theaton we will be back for the live stream on Thursday four days of streaming and then we also will have a live lounge preview of the UK Open next week as well ladies and gentlemen Good night. God bless. See you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.